On today's episode, we are aware with the RSP, there is this thing called the home buyer's plan. I'm sure a lot of you have used it or your, or your kids have. It is noted as of now, the rules state that you cannot use the home buyer's plan and this FHSA in the same year for the, for the same purchase. You're listening to the Mind Your Biz podcast. Welcome everybody to the Mind Your Biz podcast. We're coming to you from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. My name is Mehul Gandhi, a local financial planner, and I am your host. Being a business owner is really hard. How do I know? Well, for starters, I am one. And my business involves me advising other business owners like you on all things financial. However, sometimes I don't have all the answers. So over the years, I've learned how to best connect my clients with other experts in various fields, and that's what I want to do for you. In each episode, I will interview a local business owner or expert who will share their insights on a specific topic or theme. My goal is for you to come away with ideas and strategies that will help you thrive. Now, let's get into the episode. What's up, Biz Nation? Welcome to a very special episode of the Mind Your Biz podcast. On April 7th, the Canadian government released their 2022 federal budget, and I was asked to uh, be interviewed on the Westmount Wealth monthly webinar to talk about the top four things that I think will affect most Canadians from the most recent budget. That's what we are going to listen to today, my interview with Joe Basque from Westmount Wealth, and I really hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a special webinar that we're doing today to talk about the budget. We promise to keep it to only 20 minutes. We've got a long weekend here up and coming. Hope everyone's excited to see hopefully some family, some friends over Easter. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, you will see in front of you Mehul's shining face and not Amanda Doucette's. Uh, unfortunately, about five minutes after we sent out the invitation today or the reminder email about today's webinar, we received an email from Amanda saying that she had come down with COVID and was rapidly feeling worse and worse. Uh, and so she apologized that she can't be here today. Instead, we're excited to have Mehul. Some of you may have met Mehul already. Uh, we've been working with Mehul for about two years, uh, helping us out on work with a lot of our business owner clients and some more complex insurance needs that we have in our practice. Mehul was a financial planner and an avowed uh, tax nerd. And so we have asked him here today to talk a little bit about uh, what the new budget means uh, and how that will affect uh, most of you or most of us as Canadians. So quick disclaimer to get things going today, Westman Wealth Management is a registered portfolio manager in BC, Alberta, and Ontario. The content uh, in our presentation today is current and we believe it to be accurate as of today. And we're currently have no plans to update it. Uh, as portfolio managers and financial planners, we offer advice around money management. However, we're not tax expert and this is not personalized financial planning advice. Please consult your account, financial planner, tax investment financial planner. Well, say it again. Financial planners for tax, investment, or planning advice tailored to your situation. Okay, now that our compliance officer <laughs> is pleased with our disclosures, let's get right into it. Joe, do you want to lead us yeah, into absolutely. today's presentation? Um, yeah. So again, the, the, the budget document, it's over 300 pages long. We're really just trying to break this down into some, I guess, four key areas that we think are you know, most likely going to be uh, most impactful to our clients. So let's get right into it. The question everyone wants to know, Mayhul, are income tax rates going up? 
That is the big question. Thanks for the intro, Lorenzo. I don't know if they can see my shiny face, but certainly my shiny head. Um, are income taxes going up? That was the big question going into the federal budget this year. Really, any budget that that uh, that, that in the anticipatory stages, we want to know: Are they going to go up? And the short answer is no. It's not going up, and that is a good news, obviously, to Canadians. What were we actually anticipating? Were there going to be changes to personal tax rates or tax brackets? No, uh, there, there aren't. Okay, so no, no effective change to tax rates. However, with respect to tax rates, uh, Minister Freeland did make a comment on the fact that, uh, just making everyone aware, that the top 0.5% of, uh, of, of income earners in Canada are paying you know, a, a lower tax than she feels comfortable with. So is that a sign of things to come? Uh, potentially, we'll have to see where that goes. The other thing, uh, the other piece here, uh, more uh, uh, specific to business owners, is the small business deduction rate. Now, as some of you might know, is that uh, the first five hundred thousand dollars of business income in a Canadian-controlled private corporation, or a CCPC, as we like to call it here in the tax world, uh, the first five hundred thousand dollars of that kind of income is taxed at the low rate of eleven percent. And then anything, any income uh, earned over 500000 is taxed at the general rate of uh, approximately 26% here in BC uh, when we take into account the federal rate. There is no change to that. There's not going to be any uh, uh, change to the limit, the threshold of the 500000 nor is there going to be a change to the rate itself. Great news for small business owners, incorporated uh, professionals here in uh, in Canada. And then finally, the one that I particularly was looking at the closest and that kind of got me a little bit nervous was this capital gains inclusion rate. So we'll back up here, a little bit of a history on capital gains. Initially, uh, when the income tax, the first iteration of the income tax came out back in 1917, there was no taxation on capital gains at all. Uh, and it wasn't until about 1972, I believe, that the first time capital gains was taxed. Uh, and, and that tax rate has moved anywhere from 50% to 75%. Uh, currently, it sits at 50%. It has for the, for the longest time. Uh, and there were some rumblings that this capital gains inclusion rate was going to increase uh, to somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, you know 67 or even 75%. What does that mean? It means whenever you sell a piece of capital property in Canada, be it real estate, be it a portfolio or a stock, uh, you've uh, hopefully uh, uh, realized some type of gain or an increase in the value. So you bought a house for you know 500,000, you sold it for a million, uh, it, there's a $500,000 gain. The inclusion rate of 50% means that only 50% of that gain is taxable as income. The other 50% is not taxable. That rate is not changing. Very good news for Canadians. Uh, and, uh, and personally, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Perfect. Excellent. So moving on, we have a, uh, a new registered plan that's been announced. Mayhol, do you want to tell us a little bit about the details of that plan? Absolutely. This is the first registered plan in a long time since 2009 since that mm -hmm. tfsa came out and so who is this guy in the middle this fhsa that we're looking at well it's kind of i like to think of it as a combination between the tax-free savings account and the rrsp now at this point i think we're all familiar with those two accounts so let me do a little bit of a rundown on some of the rules here uh first off i think it's important to talk about where this fits in around the general theme that I noticed in this in this year's budget, which is the housing market. How do we cool the housing market? How do we address what's happening, especially in the major cities in Canada? And one of the big things that we hear about in the media a lot is 
young Canadians, first time home buyers are finding it very difficult to enter the market. And so we've seen a few things that will actually, a couple of which we'll address today that are specifically geared towards uh, these issues in the housing market or this theme of housing. And this is the first one here. So it's a it's a registered account with the purpose of making it easier uh, for Canadians to save uh, to buy their first home. So uh, think of this registered account. Something's got to go in and then money's got to come out. The money that's going in is tax deductible. That seems familiar, right? That's just like an RSP. Every dollar you put in, you get to reduce your taxable income by a dollar. That's great. Essentially, we're taking we're, we're, we're taking our income, we're taking our pre-tax income and being able to use it to as a down payment. The next part here is, okay, so we've got the tax deductible contributions. How much can we really put in there? We can only, we can actually put in up to $8,000 a year starting next year, 2023, and a lifetime maximum of $40,000. Now, one of the questions I get asked, or I was asked recently was, well, what if I don't put in the full 8,000 in a given year? Can I carry that over to the next year, just like we can with the RRSP and the TFSA? In this case, you cannot. It's a use it or lose it type of situation. Put in your eight grand in that year, or it's gone. Next year, you start with the new 8,000. So I hope that that makes sense. And we can see that comparison there between the two other registered accounts. And then, uh, okay, so there you go. That point's already addressed. And then what happens while the money's sitting in there? Of course, it's going to be invested. Hopefully it's growing. And, and is there any taxation on that growth? No, just like all the, the other registered accounts in Canada, while that money is inside that account, in that registered account, the growth is not being taxed or the income is not being taxed while it's in there. But then that begs the question, what happens when we actually need to use that money? First off, what how are we allowed to access this money under what circumstances and what are the tax ramifications of, of using that money? Well, I'm happy to say that there is no taxation on the withdrawals. So that seems familiar too, right? That's kind of like the TFSA. When you pull money out, you're not being taxed on that as income. You're not being taxed on the growth portion. Uh, it's, it's completely a tax-free uh, withdrawal. Why, how, how do you take it out? What needs to happen in order for you to be able to take this out? Uh, the, of course, you need to be buying a home for the first time. What actually, uh, uh, what actually uh, uh, deems as a first-time home buyer? It's the classic definition of a home buyer or first-time home buyer in the in the uh, Income Tax Act, and that is having owned a home in the last five years, not currently in a home that you've purchased. Um, now, the one thing I'll say about this is we're probably around. 90%, maybe 85% of the full picture of this FHSA. Um, we, you know, rushed to get it to, uh, to, 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 to market, so to speak, for in time for the budget. We fleshed out the major uh, uh, points of this and how it works, the ins and outs and the workings. It does not uh, come into effect till 2023, as, uh, as we mentioned. So we have some time to get all the nitty gritty details. What typically happens at a point like this is the tax community will go and scrutinize it. They will come up with questions pretty, you know, what about this? What about that scenario? What if this happens? Can you do this? Can you do that? Uh, you know, transfers and things like that. This is really, uh, uh, this, this, these, these answers will come to fruition in the next few months and definitely we'll have, uh, you know, the complete picture on this FHSA uh, well before January 2023. 
Um, so uh, let's move on to the next. Oh, actually, one of the things I will mention about this, which was I found kind of interesting, is transfers. There was a little bit of a, uh, uh, there was a note made here about what if I never end up using this account to buy a home? Uh, can I, do I lose the money? You can actually, it looks, it appears though, uh, right now that it will be uh, eligible to transfer to your RRSP. Uh, and it doesn't impact your contribution room or contribution limit. So that's pretty forgiving. That's pretty, it's pretty broad. It's pretty flexible. I like that. I like seeing that. Um, and, uh, and we'll see how popular this account is uh, for Canadians. The other thing is we are aware with the RRSP, there is this thing called the home buyer's plan. I'm sure a lot of you have used it or your, or your kids have. It is noted as of now, the rules state that you cannot use the home buyer's plan and this FHSA in the same year for the, for the same purchase. So mm. a little bit of restriction there. Um, I hope that changes. We'll see, we'll see what comes down uh, the pipe with that when it's all fleshed out. Perfect. So, yeah. Okay, so next, uh, again, Mehul, you'd mentioned earlier that kind of one of the focuses on the budget was again, um, housing in Canada, trying to make housing more affordable. And I guess our next point here is on talking about some of the, uh, I guess, problems that have been perceived by the government and Canada Revenue with regard to the sale of property. So could you tell us a little bit about the new deeming rules on the sale of uh, property? Absolutely. So we're, what we're referring to here is more commonly known as flipping uh, or flipping of real estate. So this can either pertain to your principal residence, uh, which of course uh, carries a big tax advantage with the principal residence exemption. When you sell your principal residence, you are not taxed on the gain at all. Or if you're selling an investment property, where there might there will there would be a capital gain on any on any increase in the value of that property when you sell it. Uh, what we typically have seen is that uh, of course there's a tax advantage uh, uh, when you sell a principal residence. Of course, uh, you're not paying tax on the gain at all. But there's also an advantage when you sell an investment property because it is treated as a capital gain. And remember, only 50% of that gain is included in your taxable income. The other 50% is tax-free. So uh, over the years, especially in some of the uh, uh, hot markets, hot real estate markets that we, you know, like the ones we happen to live in, uh, we have been seeing some Canadians take advantage of these preferential tax rules for uh, for selling a residential property, or real estate property, and, and, and buying and selling in a very short period of time. Now, if you remember, uh, in a few years ago, CRA or finance uh, made it mandatory that Canadians had to disclose any property they sold, including their principal residence. I sold my home last year, and when I did my tax returns for 2021, I had to provide a whole bunch of information to my tax accountant about the sale of that property, even though it was a principal residence and there was no tax due on that gain. So what I'm trying to say here is the government has kind of been gathering this data over the years to really try and assess to what extent this flipping is going on, what is what is the I guess advantage that Canadians are gaining, or perhaps the tax disadvantage that the CRA is missing out on uh, through all these uh, these sales, these quick sales within twelve months? And here we have the rule around it. Okay, so what does this rule say? If you're selling any type of residential property for owned less than twelve months for a gain, it's going to be considered business income, which means you're not going to take advantage of the principal residence exemption or the capital gains preferential tax treatment. So that 50% inclusion rate, it's gonna be treated as straight business income. You sell, you buy a property for 200,000, you sell it for 400,000, all 200,000 will be taxable as business income. Now, 
obviously there's going to be all sorts of questions around, well, hey, listen, what if it was unavoidable? What if circumstances in my life made it that I had to sell that property? Thankfully, there are some ex exceptions under special circumstances. For example, a death of an individual, whether uh, maybe you had a new, a new child or a parent moving in, so you needed to upgrade the size of your home or relocation because of work. There's some very prudent uh, 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 exceptions here uh, and reasonable exceptions, I think, uh, that will uh, allow everything to be fair for Canadians uh, with respect to this rule. But we kind of saw this coming down the pipe, this, this anti-flipping or to sort of curb this. And again, overall, this working around this theme of cooling the housing market, trying to rein, rein it back in. And, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the sort of paraphrasing uh, Minister Freeland, uh, making it things more, more fair for all Canadians with respect to the housing market. Perfect. And then our final fourth point we want to cover was personal tax credits. So... Mayhill, I understand there's uh, there's a new one and then there's a change to an existing one. So I'll let you take it away and go over those changes. Yeah, so there is there is two credits that we're going to talk about. Uh, there was a whole slew of new credits that, that were included in the budget. These are the two, I think, most important or significant ones. It's not uncommon for a budget to have what we call these boutique credits. Uh, some of them are, are actually trying to fix or, or, or provide advantage to, to, to generally to Canadians or to specific subgroup. And some of them are uh, political in nature, if I, if I could say that. Uh, but in this case, I think these are two you know, great, uh, uh, great things. Again, going around this theme of housing, um, this increase to the first time home buyer's credit or, or home buyer's credit, the HBTC, uh, I think we're calling it today, um, this credit increases from $5,000 to $10,000. What does that mean? Well, really effectively, it's a tax savings of, uh, of, of, uh, sorry, of, of $1,500 versus the $750 that exists uh, uh, today so, or, or previously. So this goes into effect uh, right away if you're purchasing a home. Uh, you know, every kind of dollar helps towards, uh, towards uh, uh, first-time home buyers, as you can imagine. Uh, and so I'm, I was happy to see something like this. Can a bit more be done? I, I, I guess it can, but given the climate we're coming out of with uh, out of the pandemic and, and with the economy kind of being shut down or at least grinding to a pretty slow pace for, for a number of uh, months or even years, um, this, is, this is something, uh, and I think it's trending in the right direction. Definitely, we can see from this that uh, that, that housing, housing affordability uh, um, is, is, is on, the, on, on top of mind for, for the federal government. And finally, uh, uh, last point here that I'll talk about here is this multi-generational home renovation tax credit. No uh, schnazzy ac acronym for this yet, but I'm sure we'll come up with one because we, we love doing that. Uh, what are we talking about here? Again, in the theme of housing, this is a refundable tax credit of up to $50,000. Uh, and so really, we are looking at a up to a $7,500 in tax savings or refundable taxes uh, for individuals who are adding a secondary dwelling or a suite uh, in your home to accommodate uh, one of two things. So either a senior family member or a family member over the age of 17 with a disability. Now, the one thing I will, uh, I will uh, mention, which I think is very important, is that the definition of family member is extended or expanded in this instance, which I was very happy to see. Typically in the ITA, when we see family member, we're talking about 
uh, children, whether biological or adopted, uh, uh, parents, and in some cases, grandkids. Here, we're also looking at aunts and uncles, nephews and nieces. So uh, this is a, 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 a nice tax credit for, for individuals who are uh, in a position that they want to expand the size of their home, add a second unit. Um, now, these have to be eligible expenses. You know, uh, if you're looking to uh, add a charger, charging station in your garage for your Tesla, that's probably not an eligible expense uh, that's going to qualify under this particular tax credit. There's other ones for that, uh, but uh, but it's, it is quite broad when we're looking at uh, uh, adding this secondary dwelling to your unit to accommodate these uh, new family member or family members that are that are joining it. Mm. So yeah, that's 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 the that's the high sort of level in the budget. Those are the big changes that I saw were sort of uh, affecting most Canadians and 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 the clients. And we did it in 18 minutes. Oh, it just changed Oof. to 19 minutes, as promised. I hope that, thank you so much, Mabel. That was a wonderful summary of uh, kind of four of the kind of high level points that we thought were most relevant to, uh, you know, a good chunk of our clients um, with regards to recent budget. Certainly a much more muted budget, I think, than a lot of people were expecting. Um, and, uh, you know, I think especially on the capital gains side of things, that's a very good thing for now. Although given the fact that the Liberals have mentioned capital gains a few times over the years, there's certainly a chance that we could see that uh, in future years. Um, there was a question about interest rates. Matt, did you wanna make a comment? Sure, as we all probably heard, uh, Bank of Canada increased interest rates by 50 basis points or a half of 1% from the half a percent they were currently at. So that's a big move. And it would be the second interest rate increase for the year. So quite the move um, put in place by the Bank of Canada. And the whole purpose is to slow down some of the inflation we're seeing in the market. So um, you can see how that would affect um, consumers in multiple ways. The cost of debt, so your mortgage, if you're on a variable rate, just got more expensive. But if you're also on a fixed rate, when you go to reapply, um, you're going to have to you're going to have less purchasing power because the way you qualify is based on the prevailing rate. So big impact to the housing market with that rate increase. But the whole premise is to slow down some of the inflation we're seeing in the market right now. Great. Well, listen, it looks like that's it for, for questions. Thank you all for joining just before the Easter holidays. Happy Easter to everybody. And uh, we will see you in three weeks for the next webinar. If you have any questions, please let us know. Thanks so much. See you later. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Mayhul Gandhi's Mind Your Biz podcast and related content are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Individuals should not act upon the content or information provided by the host or guests without first seeking their own advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other suitable professional. Love this episode of the Mind Your Biz podcast? Then please subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to follow us on social media at MindYourBizPod and check out our website, mindyourbizpod.com, mindyourbizpod.com. See you next time.